1: This is Relentless Daring on Podbean.com. Welcome to Land of Bourbon and Bad Decisions. This is Relentless Daring live on Podbean.com and the Podbean app. Or you are possibly even listening on demand at RelentlessStaring.com or on your favorite podcast listening app. (laughs) I see a couple people already jumping into the live chat here. So (laughs) before I get started with tonight's episode ripping CRT and how it is absolutely infesting, our institutions. I would like to give a shout out to the wonderful, wonderful, amazing people at the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Yes, the Make-A-Wish Foundation, that wonderful organization that does so much for children who are incredibly sick, children who are terminally ill. For instance, John apologizes in Mandarin to China. Cena has done more Make-A-Wish wish wish fulfillments than any other actor, any other celebrity. Ryan Reynolds, through Make-A-Wish Foundation, has brought Deadpool to life, to children. However... Their CEO came out last week and in all of his awesomeness decided that, you know what? Yes, we know your child is terminally ill and they want to do one last big thing before they pass away. They want to meet somebody. They want that last little spark of joy. And we know that they may be immunocompromised. We know that they may not be able to get a vaccine. However, if your terminally ill child has not been vaccinated against COVID-19, we're sorry what your kid is not getting your is not getting their wish. Well, I'm sorry Jimmy, but because you know, you can't get the vaccine because you have no immune system because of all the because of all the radiation and chemo and the multiple marrow transfusions, you don't get to meet your hero John Cena. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, little Becky. We, we know you just so desperately wanted to meet, go to this theme park and get treated like a Disney princess because your life has been hell for the last five years. But because you're not able to get the vaccine, we can't fulfill this wish. I'm sorry. But the CEO of Make-A-Wish Foundation, should resign. If you want to use this vax prop, on consenting adults, on healthy children, okay, it's stupid, it's bad, it's gross, it's disgusting. But when you're using it, against children, who are possibly dying, Children who, they don't know how long they have left. Children who are suffering from some sort of critical illness. And you say, no, we're not going to do, we're not going to fulfill our mission because you are a threat to us. I'm sorry, Mr. CEO of Make-A-Wish Foundation. Resign because you no longer are fulfilling the mission of Make-A-Wish. You are a cold, heartless bastard, and there is a special place right on the Lake of Burning Fire in South Hell, where you are going to rot for all eternity. Alright, I had to get that one off my chest because, whoo, that has been... Uh, irking me all week. Oh my gosh! Seriously, why would you? If, if if your organization works with children, as we like the Shriners, well, we uh, we we know you have burns over fifty percent of your body, little Jimmy. But yeah, we're we're just not going to be able to do anything for you because you don't have the vaccine. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, yeah, the Ronald McDonald house would love to put your family up here at the hospital because you have this catastrophic illness. but because they don't get the they didn't get the vaccine. yeah, we can't do that. Ridiculous. Almost as ridiculous as the sudden love affair with critical race theory. Now, there's been a lot of talk about, oh, this isn't critical race theory, or, oh, you, 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 you're misunderstanding what we're trying to teach here. The problem, first of all, let's look at critical race theory. Critical race theory is a derivative of critical theory. Critical theory was developed by Marxists as a way of viewing the world through transferring power from the oppressed or to the oppressed from the oppressors. Now, when the early Marxists developed critical theory, this was a class warfare tactic. The the oppressors, they were the rich. They were the bourgeoisie. They were the capitalists. And the oppressors were the the workers, the proletariat. And so critical theory looked at the world through how do we get this power that they have and give it to the little guy. Of course, as has been shown, time and time and time and time again, there is no way for the power to be transferred from the people or from the oppressing people to the regular people. There has to be a middleman. There has to be a strong man who comes in and takes the power. But because the, the proletariat, they, 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 they don't know how to wield the power. They don't know how to use it to their advantage because, well, these are plebes, these are these are common folk. We, the strong, the strong men, the party that sees the power from, these, from the suppressing class, we will do the people's business. And we will ensure that these rich artisans, these capitalists are punished. And that ends up oppressing everybody. Because the only way that you can, the only way you can end the the wealth disparity from the bourgeoisie to the proletariat in any Marxist-run government Marxist economy, is you make everyone poor. Well, now we we transfer that to critical race theory. Or as some have called it, critical racist theory. Because honestly, that's what it is. Uh, Steve has popped up, critical race theory. Uh, it scrolled. <laughs> I scrolled back through the chat here. Uh, critical race theory transferring power from the oppressors to the oppressed through oppression, which is, yeah, again, in this case, it's racially based. And there's there's much ad, there's much ado being made over schools right now that are trying or states that are trying to ban the teaching of CRT in schools. Uh, you just don't want to teach them about slavery and how racism was bad, man. Uh, no. As I've gotten older, I've come to believe that America should definitely be teaching not just about all the great and heroic things we've done throughout our history that's made the world a better place. I also think that we should be teaching, Hey, you know what? You want to know how you prevent bad crap from happening? You teach the bad crap that we've done. Don't whitewash over Andrew Jackson and the Trail of Tears. Don't pretty much bury the the Tulsa race massacre for 80, 90 years before anyone in the country really talks about it. Don't allow the government to come in and uh, allow all of these medals of honor that were issued at the Battle of Wounded Knee. The Battle of Wounded Knee that was not a battle, but it was a bunch of Hodgkiss guns. And it was very similar to a Gatling guns, being pointed in at a Sioux encampment. After, that they, after they had surrendered and were being taken back to the reservation, and a couple men got uppity and went for the guns, and then the Hodgkiss guns were turned on men, women, and children, and, oh, they killed a crap ton of U.S. soldiers through friendly fire because they're a bunch of freaking morons. Let's not not cover that up as, this was a great victory against the Sioux Army. Their chief, Spotted Elk, he was very, very sick and was dying. That's the reason why they surrendered and were willing to go back to the reservation. But now we have critical race theory that says, well, the, the, the reason these things happen is because of white people, white people being oppressive. And I ain't going to lie, there has been some really, really bad crap done by white people to people of other races in this country. I would be dishonest as all hell if I said otherwise. But under critical race theory, because you are white, everything you do, whether it's helping somebody out, whether it's just living your life completely, completely oblivious to everyone around you, guess what? Your whiteness is oppressing the black man. It's it's an ungodly racist thing. You you take all the things being attributed to white people through critical race theory and you apply it to black people. Because of the color of your skin, you're wrong. You apply it to Hispanics, you apply it to Asians because of where your genetic lineage comes from, because of these immutable characteristics. You are wrong, you are oppressing people. You say it about anyone who is not white, or Jewish, or Israeli, and suddenly that's when it becomes racist. Why is it not racist when you're saying it to me right now? Oh, it's because you're white. Well, white people can't be victims of racism. Wait, what? That seems like a pretty racist statement. And all this insanity, it, it, it's, it's infiltrating our schools. we We've been seeing all these reports from school boards across the country. Well, uh, we're not trying to push critical race theory on your kids. No, it's exactly what you're pushing on our kids. This, this idea that you can just indoctrinate children to start hating themselves, to start hating each other because of skin color. It's wrong. It's wrong. I had a great conversation with Ty Smith. He's the dad from Bloomington, Indiana, who went viral for his rant at the Bloomington School Board. And I wish I could share that interview with you, but alas, I am not a broadcaster recording professional. I totally screwed that one up. So I'm working with him trying to redo that interview. But he... He said it was ridiculous. He went to the school board meeting because he was invited because his kids will be attending that school next year. And he said he's looking around the school or this meeting and all these people talking on behalf of, you know, black students and black families that attend that school and ain't one of them black. Whether it was the parents or whether it, well, no, he did say there were two members of the school board who were black, but they didn't seem particularly interested in what was being said and being directed at them based on their skin color. And he just became incensed. He had no intention of saying anything. And then during a recess, they spoke to him and said, hey, would you be willing to? And he said, oh, yes. Now, now you know, here, here's a guy who, he's black, he has two medical degrees. And now the left is trying to oppress a black man, saying that he really didn't accomplish anything and trying to tear him down. absolutely nuts in Loudon New, Ham- New Hampshire Loudon New Hampshire Loudon County Virginia that's that's become the uh the center of this fight in in our schools where now they've started doing things like bringing in pro CRT people to get all the parents riled up. The last meeting dealt less with CRT and more about their new trans policy. They have a speaker who stands up and just talks about all these Christian, all the hate dripping from these Christian parents, suddenly attacking these people's religious beliefs. And then people got rowdy, people got mad. You had one guy who was he was waiting for the school- waiting for the building to clear out because he had he had it rented at seven pm after the sheriff's department declared it at an unlawful gathering he's just like no, no i I had the building reserved for such such type they arrested him really it just gets worse and worse. Yeah, and like I said, it's scary that these are things that are coming into our military. That is possibly the scariest part of it. Nothing builds unit cohesion than you know having a speaker come to you know the US Military Academy at West Point talking about white rage that feeling of anger that white people get when black people are promoted over them or when they succeed. No. I'm sorry. I don't think I've ever in the history of my military career as a civilian gotten mad because, hey, that black guy got promoted over me. That's cool. Good job. Good on you. I don't know anyone who's been like that. But apparently it's a problem in the military. I it, it it's all new to me. And they had General Lloyd Austin you know, retired General Lloyd Austin, the Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. I wish he was never a general, I'd never be addressing his former rank. They had him and, uh, chairman of the joint chiefs, general Mark Milley at Congress. And, you know, asking them to address these things. And this is an article, it's from military.com military.com is not exactly a, uh, a bastion of right wing uh, news reporting and commentary. But, you know, military leaders fire back at lawmakers as critical race theory debate erupts on Capitol Hill. They, they, they don't have discussions about CRT. They have... It's, er, debates erupt. Uh, months of conservative criticism of the Pentagon's diversity and anti-extremism efforts spoiled over Wednesday as military's top leadership forcefully pushed back on accusations Services are teaching Marxist and anti-American racial theories. <laughs> During a House Armed Services Committee budget hearing, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin and Chairman of Joint Chiefs General Mark Milley each grew heated at different points amid questioning about critical race theory. After Representative Mike Waltz, Re- Re- Republican from Florida, pressed Austin about a course at West Point that discussed CRT and a seminar on understanding whiteness and white rage. Millie delivered strong defense for the need of the need for service members to be open-minded. It's important to understand differing viewpoints on the United States, Millie said, particularly at the service academies, which are universities. Quote I want to understand white rage, and I'm white. What is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America? What caused that? I want to find out. End quote. Okay. General Milley. Dude. Guy who's got a very similar award pinned to his chest in a tier 1 position on your on your uh, pinks and greens. My homie, let's discuss this for a second. White rage as defined by the creator of the phrase white rage has nothing to do with what happened at the Capitol. What happened at the Capitol? You had a bunch of people who were pissed off, and then you had morons in the crowd who, as well as members of the Capitol Police, who goes, "Oh yeah, yeah come on in, guys," who stepped out of the way and let people just go and parade through the parade through Congress. You had morons acting as agents provocateur who started smashing windows and getting people all worked up. The same thing that caused peaceful BLM protest last summer to go from people waving signs, demanding justice, to suddenly looting a target and getting people killed who are just standers-by. That's the difference between January 6th and white rage, general. He went on to talk about how I've read Lenin and Marx and Mao. That doesn't make me a communist. Okay. Go back and read, go back and read Ibram Kendi then. And then take a highlighter and start sit down at the little red book. Sit down with Das Capital. Sit down with the the Communist Manifesto. You start highlighting passages that sound similar, and then tell me that it's not the. Tell me that's not the same. It's based on the same ideology. They just went from class warfare. Capitalism versus, you know, seizing control of the means of manufacture. It went from one to, oh, it's all based on race. We have to seize the means of manufacturing and distribution and redistribute it to the black people because of we need to pay reparations. There's a huge difference Between January 6th, where one person died. No, I take that back. One person was murdered. One person was executed. Shot from 10 feet away in the neck. While she was unarmed. And this is coming from a person. Who. My cognitive dissonance on this. Is through the roof. I recognize it. Because I know I'm conflicted. I understand the cop had a job to do. Did his job. Really need. To involve killing Ashley Babbitt. Absolutely not. I don't condone it. But I certainly understand it. To quote the late, great Doc Thompson. But I guess it's cool because he was a black cop shooting a white woman. Oh! Damn! Did I just say that out loud? Shit. Pardon my French. The fact of the matter is, General Milley... You are allowing the bureaucrats, you're allowing the civilian, quote, leadership, end quote, to force tripe down the throats of our servicemen and women. All in the name of inclusivity. But what does it do for military and unit readiness? If you're having to go sit through white rage training on top of all your other stupid, mind-numbing trainings that are required, how are black soldiers going to start looking at the white soldiers? How are white soldiers going to start looking at black soldiers? You're not fixing problems. You're putting problems where they shouldn't be. It is a waste of our soldiers' time. While while China is developing AI that can outmaneuver and shoot and shoot down its own pilots in a, in an aerial dogfight. What is our air force doing at Nellis Air Force Base? They're having a drag show. Because that's what our military needs to be a bigger, better, stronger, more lethal fighting force. My question is yet yeah, well, well, it was a it was a private organization that got permission to be to do the show on post. Yeah, how many soldiers were volunteered by their leadership to go set up, to go help out, to take tickets, whatever the case may be? How many had this foisted upon them with no recourse? That's what I want to know. I'm going to take a quick break. I will be right back. Are you tired of the same cardboard flavored doormat textured protein bar? How about drink mix packets for your water bottles that are full of artificial sweeteners? Tired of a whole regimen of pre workout and protein shakes for your trip to the gym? Go to BuiltBar.com for their selection of great tasting protein bars Built Boost Energy Drink Mixes and Built Go Energy Gels. Built Bar offers 18 delicious flavors of protein bars with only 4 to 5 net carbs for you keto dieters, 6 flavors of Built Boost Energy Drink Mix, and 3 flavors of Built Go Energy Gel. Built Bars are made in America using real ingredients like honey and dark chocolate. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code Relentless to save 10% and let them know you heard about them from Relentless Daring. Drizzly is the leading home alcohol delivery service available. Imagine being able to sit at home and pull up your smartphone and browse your favorite wine, beer, spirits, and then have it delivered to your home in as little as one hour. Go to drizzly.com or check out the link in the show notes and start shopping today. Not available in all areas. Please drink responsibly. Drizzly.com. All right, getting back into it, and the hits parade just keeps continuing, Um, as well as speaking to the Senate, they also, you know, were addressed by, or as well as speaking to the House Armed Services Committee, they also uh, were seen in the Senate, Tom Cotton had some stuff to say, but I was a... kind of trolling through Instagram earlier today I found this from Dan Crenshaw now I have some issues with Congressman Crenshaw he's taken some positions that are less than conservative especially on some uh, second amendment issues however when a man is right a man is right. It it doesn't matter if it's Dan Crenshaw, who frequently leaves me going, or if it's Bill Maher. This is what Dan Crenshaw had on Instagram today. This week, Representative Mike Waltz questioned the SecDef and CJCS about this egregious example of racist ideology being taught at West Point. This was a seminar at West Point, Understanding Whiteness and White Rage. According to Carol Anderson, who is the person who is teaching this seminar, quote, The trigger for white rage inevitably is black advancement. It It is blackness with ambition, drive, purpose, aspirations, and with demands for full and equal citizenship. She has claimed the GOP, quote, yearns for a white republic, and has asserted the GOP's platform is white nationalism. She didn't say these things in private. She wrote them in books, op-eds, and tweets. Which, uh, sidebar, she no longer has a Twitter account. Gee, I wonder why. This divisive, and let's call it what it is, racist rhetoric has no place at West Point or any service academy regardless of what race is being targeted. It divides the force and degrades morale which we should care about more than this pseudo-scholastic approach of calling the very institutions and philosophies of our national foundation racist. This should not have been defended by the chairman. This needs to be investigated, not defended. And we need to clear DOD policy, and we need clear DOD policy that eliminates this from our ranks. And, And like I said, when the man is right, the man is right, despite the many things I've disagreed with him on. And it's funny, uh, Matt Gates was going after uh, General Milley. And I'm amazed at how many people, well, well, you've never worn the uniform. So you, what do you know? You, where where do you get off on 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 talk about the military? Which this is something that I saw from a, a retired four star general who happens to also work for NBC earlier day as well via social media. This this is the effect that I call hindlining, and I say hindlining. And I use Robert Heinlein's name, um, ironically, because he was a huge free speech advocate. He, when he got out of the Navy, he was very perturbed with people who were being shut down for trying to criticize the military. He was very he's very distraught about the idea of wait, to be considered a full citizen, you need to serve. If you read and you can find a lot of this in uh, starship Troopers if you ever read that. this whole idea that you don't get full uh, franchise as a citizen unless you serve in the Terran uh, re- serve the Terran Republic government. Steve says, wait a minute, didn't we fight a war specifically to stop that kind of stuff? Something about ending slavery and making the former slaves citizens? That, that did happen, right? Uh, my, my history class didn't lie to me. And, yeah. We have fought, we literally had a war where 600,000 Americans died. That's counting both the North and the South. 600,000 Americans died in the fight to end slavery. Half of them were fighting to preserve it. The other half died trying to end it. Yet here we are. White people are bad. White people are bad. White people are awful. Um... However, again, when the uh when when Secretary Austin and uh Chairman General Milley went before Congress and went before the Senate, this is a the headline. Uh, Hundreds of whistleblowers say that military coercion, anti-American indoctrination is upon them. This is coming to Senator Cotton. Again, I think he has a lot of room to talk. He He was a lieutenant colonel in the United States Army. Just like Dan Crenshaw was a lieutenant commander, and the United States Navy. Not exactly private E-1 snuffies who don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. These are highly trained, highly educated individuals. Senator Tom Cotton told Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin on Thursday that hundreds of military whistleblowers have reported being forced to receive anti-American indoctrination, including critical race theory. In a Senate hearing with Austin, Cotton claims that there's more morale within the military, a growing mistrust between races and genders, where where none existed six months ago, and unexpected retirements and separations based on these trainings alone. One whistleblower, Cotton Claim, said military training had been replaced with training on police brutality. Because outside the military police, that's a huge problem, apparently. Systemic racism and white privilege. Another said his unit should read, according to Senator White Fragility, according to Senator, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you horrible writing. According to Senator, another said that his unit should read White Fragility by feminist writer and proponent of CRT, Robin D'Angelo. In May, the Space Force confirmed that was Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer, a former instructor and fighter pilot, who was relieved as commander of the 11th Space Warning Squadron, although it did not specifically mention the reason the Space Force cites comments made by Lohmeyer during a podcast in which he denounces CRT and warns about the spread of Marxism ah, within the ranks. CRT, which relies heavily on Marxist critical theory and postmodernist writers, condemns American and Western culture as oppressive and often claims that American culture and institutions promote systemic racism or white supremacy. Some critics have argued that proponents of the ideology use Marxist tactics of class struggle to divide people along the lines of gender, race, and ethnicity, rather than between the proletariat and bourgeoisie. After the hearing, Austin told Cotton that some training... Should ensure that the military welcomes everyone who can qualify and who is fit to serve. Quote, We need to look like the America that supports and defends us, and senior leadership needs to look like what's in the ranks. But Cotton suggested that allegations that the military was trying to promote diversity with such training were incorrect, saying that it was based on a very specific kind of anti American indoctrination, which is seeping into some parts of our military per the bell ringers we received. The military has been one of the institutions in society that, for decades, where you are likely to come based on your own performance, your own merits, regardless of the color of your skin, where you came from, or who your parents were. Austin replied, I absolutely agree with that. I am an example of that. Adding that the military needs to be a little better and absolutely inclusive and promote fairness. Austin argued it would be the most effective and deadly fighting force in the world. Now, again, I am not opposed to letting all qualified people serve in the military. We have to have a screening process to make sure we're not getting dumb people in or not getting fat, lazy slobs. But instead, we're trying to bolster numbers because we want we want to promote leaders who look like the troops. Okay. Fat, lazy slobs. Is, it, is that what we want as leadership? Steve, again, we, we need the military to look like a fit, trained group, capable of defending the Constitution and the citizens. I don't care who they are as long as they can do the dang job. I Preach it, brother. I I'm the same way. I don't when I was in when I was in Afghanistan, I didn't care that my 5 foot 1 machine gunner was Filipino. I didn't care that my squad leader was a burly son of a biker gang, you know, national sergeant of arms. Yeah you know one another squad leader was Mexican. You know, Dominican team leaders. I didn't care about any of that. Hey, is Sergeant Ciapara going to get me killed today? I hope not. It was never an issue. Now, is is there a question of good leaders versus bad leaders going through all of this? You betcha. I've seen leaders, you know, LOCs, leaders of color, who were outstanding. I've seen white leaders who were a joke. And I've seen the exact opposite. Outstanding white leaders and, you know, Leaders who, okay, hey, yeah, you've earned the tight, earned being a leader, but oh, I don't care what color your skin is. You are doing a horrible job. I have seen black first sergeants who would gladly let who in Korea let a white soldier just get drug through the mud and you get a field grade article 15 for public intoxication and fighting with the MPs, and then a black soldier a couple weeks later, same thing happens to him, oh, that just disappeared under the rug like it was nothing, huh, weird how that happened. Soldiers aren't blind to what goes on. They're not. They see it. Leadership likes to pretend that... oh well, if we, if we treat the we treat the troops like mushrooms, keep them in the dark and feed them shit, they'll, they'll, they'll be quiet. No. When dumb crap is foisted on soldiers, they notice it. Sometimes it can build, sometimes it can build cohesion, yeah. When everyone looks at each other and goes, this is dumb. Screw those guys. We're going to make sure we're doing the right thing, regardless of what they're telling us. Sometimes you don't get lucky like that. You know, as the whistleblowers are going to, uh, are reporting up to Senator Cotton you're having mistrust amongst the troops you have you know, they they've pushed the uh the military's you know sexual harassment and assault issues so much that you have male soldiers who are afraid to do anything around a female soldier Because you have a joke that's taken out of context. You say something wrong. You make physical contact. And suddenly, suddenly you're on the hook being investigated. Because, oh, you sexually harassed her. You sexually assaulted her. Like, I gave her a pat on the back because she got a coin For doing a kick-ass job. How, How is that... How is that... Assault. You have soldiers... Who are becoming afraid... To work with racial minorities... Because suddenly... They could say something... And now they're being investigated... For being a racist. You have young leaders... Who are afraid... To discipline their troops because you have you have the one guy who cuts up and gets in more trouble than anyone else. If he's a minority, yeah, you really don't want to touch out the 10foot pole because now you're targeting him because of his race. CRT it, it's it's institutionalizing racism. And, and through all these debates, you keep hearing insta- you know, systemic racism, systemic racism, systemic racism. At this point, I am 100% ready to make a, make a claim on what I've seen of systemic racism in the United States of America. Now, you might want to follow along with me. This could get a little complicated. There is, in fact, systemic racism in America. It's true. It's there. Look at all the programs that have destroyed black families. Look at all the programs that have made it more profitable for African Americans to be single with four, five, six kids who aren't involved with their baby, who aren't involved with baby daddy. Look at all these things that go on and just keep black people trapped in a system of being stuck. They just look at each other and they say, yeah, the man's keeping me down. They let society, they let institutions tell them that they can't get by without the government. And hey, if you keep voting for this democrat, they'll keep they'll 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 keep making your life so much better and then they never do. Much like our soldiers, these low-income communities are kept in the dark and fed a line of crap. But hey, as long as that government check comes in, they'll keep voting for it. And that's not just in black communities. I've seen it. In, I've seen it in poor rural communities. Where you have, you know, that stereotypical white trash, that trailer trash. If I keep voting for this Democrat, they're going to keep the government cheese coming to me. I've seen it. Thank God I didn't live it. Because I had parents who were like, no... We've seen how well the government helps out with things. I think we'll do this on our own. So while my parents they I wouldn't say that they're affluent in any way, shape, or form, but you know what? They have two daughters who both have their master's degrees. One is a teacher. One is an editor at a medical journal. I mean, how is that for rising above your upbringing? You don't need you don't need government to come in and say, "Here's who's keeping you down." When government comes in and starts telling you this is who is keeping you down they have a bigger motive behind trying to make things trying to you know make things better for you. Their motivation is power. Their motivations are money. The people who keep pushing this they don't give a damn about real incidents of racism that happened in the military. Again, it's not a, I don't think, it's not an epidemic. But I'm not saying it doesn't happen either. I had a friend who, yeah, he had some very very um controversial opinions on certain colors of people he didn't use those opinions to color how he treated people but what he said in private <laughs> oh yeah not exactly not exactly someone I wanted to hang out with a whole lot so like I said real issues if you have people who are being very blatant with their you're black so we're not going to promote you that needs to be dealt with but just but just painting with broad brushstrokes over everything that, oh, there's all these problems, it's all the white people's fault, that doesn't fix anything. The only thing it does is it divides the troops. And I had a wise leader once tell me, when you're in combat, you shoot the closest threat first. And if you present yourself as a threat to your soldiers, when crap hits the fan, what's going to stop them from perceiving you as the biggest threat first? All right, I'm going to wrap up this episode on that happy note. Woo! I always say Lynn on a high note, and I picked a darn high one there. Again, everyone in the live room, thank you so much for tuning in and checking out the show tonight. Appreciate it so very much. If you're listening to this on Apple iTunes, I ask that you do four things, the same four things I ask every week. Number one, please hit that subscribe button or follow, because now they have a thing where, Apparently, you can have monetized subscriptions, and I'm not setting up on that. I love you too much to make you pay for your content. So, hit that follow button. Then, number two, please, please, please leave a five-star rating. Pretty please. I'll take four. I can live with three. I would prefer five, though. I'm just saying. Then write a nice review. It doesn't have to be flowery. I'm not talking Shakespearean prose here, but just say something nice. That way, as the algorithms help people find the show, they read the reviews and go, huh, people generally like this show. Except that guy. Don't know what his problem is. Oh, well. And finally, the last thing I ask is, please send this show to a friend, someone who would be very interested in hearing what has to be said, Better yet, send it to someone who has no interest in this whatsoever. Maybe maybe you'll make a convert. Maybe that person's a flaming liberal who believes CRT is going to be the salvation humanity needs. This episode will make them feel awesome. Better yet, also, I'm going to clip the first part of this, and I'm going to put it out there. Please, please send that to uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation because I think they've, they've, they've gone full evil, and I think they need to hear that first part of the show. Again, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you want to support the show, RelentlessDaring.com. Hit that Donate button at the top of the page. This show is completely funded by all you amazing human beings, so donations through that uh, Donate button at the top of the homepage. Uh, the merch shop. Uh, I have a new Come and Take It shirt. It's got a fat stack of cash on the front of it. And on the back, it has my definition of that wonderful, wonderful legal principle known as civil asset forfeiture. Please go check it out. Please buy the shirt. Please. I'm asking nicely. Please buy the shirt. Again, thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay relentless. This is Relentless daring on Podbean.com.
0: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer.